0: This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand-new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, this non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to Manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere <laughs> That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Sac City welcome in to another edition of the Sac City podcast I am your host the one and only Vinnie Milani, joined as always by uh you, you know what I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna do it I said I already went in it I'm gonna do it anyways joined as always by your boy wow. Wow. AJ Johnson and most importantly we're joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world I I, I hurt his feelings it's a great start to the show if I'm hurting his feelings this early on he is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful August 16th morning here in the city. Episode 68 is about to get underway. We are breaking down the Packers, breaking down the Vikings today in our season previews. Uh, we've got morning headlines, injury updates. We've got we're going to go back into the top 100 again, which may come as a surprise to people. Well, it came as a surprise to me. When we we're putting it in the dock. It's going to be a great show. You're not going to want to miss a second of it. Aaron, how are you? No, 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 no. Oh, Don't try to go, no. no, no, no. no go no. to AJ. No, 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 AJ, no, no, no,
2: no. how you doing today, AJ? Because that's who he wants to say how you doing to. Go ahead. How you doing today?
0: Jesus I mean, I, 되iov- I I appreciate all the love, even though it's, <laughs> you know, a pity love, I guess. Oh uh, this <laughs> guy in love. Let's talk about AJ since I'm angry, but it's good. It's a good day. You know, I love the Monday redo is what I basically call Tuesdays because Mondays are always difficult. Mondays are always tough in the morning. Now we get to do it all over. Hope we can improve on it and then keep riding that wave into the, the rest of the week. So I'm looking forward to a nice Wednesday and then preseason Thursday and preseason Friday and preseason Saturday, and preseason Sunday. Might start mock drafting this weekend. I, I've been real slow about it because, you know, life. Um, but it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. What is a morning?
2: I, I'll be honest. I don't even know what the morning. Is. I, I, I When you go to sleep at 530 that, and then you wake up at,
0: that's very you know, fair. Whenever. I,
2: like, is there every, is, what is the morning?
0: I don't even know. What that it's is. it's kind of the thought process of like, you call breakfast breakfast because of the type of food, but really I'll eat it whenever. Like I'll make me eggs, bacon, and sausage at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, but still calling it breakfast. So, you know, that morning period, yeah, I'm still calling it that, even though I, you know, went to sleep about three hours before I woke up. I, 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 but I see what you're saying. Cause it's like just, it all, it's, it all it's just the time frame. rolls it's, in. Yeah, I will just tell you that
2: football season has been, um, my days are running together i yep. don't know where i'm at what day it is i'm kind of delusional but that also makes for the best content for the sex city podcast so i'm with it so let's let, let's get this thing rolling Vinny. we got two two uh, teams we're talking about today that i'm excited to talk about sorry that dylan couldn't join us but he is grinding his ass off you know trying to figure stuff out so he's grinding uh, something yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, actually he's not, but well, <laughs> that, could, that could be taken into a whole lot of things. But you did yeah. you did bring up how you're delirious, your 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 mindset right now is kind of creating some really good content within the city. Uh you yesterday Got a little hot and heavy, hot and bothered by Mac Jones being placed in, uh, what was it, 80, 81 yesterday on the 85, 85 85 on the NFL top 100 list. They released uh, 69 through 51 uh, since we last spoke. And uh, we've got some new quarterbacks on this list, uh, starting with Derek Carr at 65, Russell Wilson at 61. Head over to the next group. We've got Kyler Murray at 57. We're starting to see the quarterbacks be revealed without throughout the top 100 Mac Jones, obviously 85. This is, this might become a thing on this show as we're breaking down quarterbacks in the top 100 because of where Mac Jones was Aaron. What are your thoughts on these? uh, The latest reveals?
2: Yeah, I got a couple of things on this. So first uh, I'm starting to get worried Uh, and this is not really a Mac Jones point, but started to get worried because kyler murray's name is up there russell wilson Derek carr there was no lamar jackson lamar jackson's not on this team. Um, and you know i was speaking with somebody earlier today about that and uh i just gotta bring it up. okay mac jones so the argument for mac jones and this is why i'm bringing up lamar jackson the argument for mac jones was pro bowl leader and i don't know if you guys got a chance to see the actual video did, did anybody Vinny did you watch the video that they put out like you know like you mentioned yesterday they didn't have it but now they do the video is out there that says yeah. people talking about it I want to point out something it's a three minute video for the first minute and 50 seconds they speak to two of players in the NFL that say nice things about Mac Jones there's teammates they're not other players <laughs> They're his damn teammates. Of course. One of them is his offensive lineman. Of course they're saying nice things. The other one was, was Matt Judon, who plays for the Patriots. Yeah, of course they said think, nice things about Matt Jones. After that, they started to get into some other people. One player, I honestly, I forgot who it was. I don't even think he's a player, like a good player. Right? The other one was Chandler Jones. And constantly throughout the piece, the three-minute piece, all they kept saying was, This guy is going to be good. This guy is a great leader. This guy can corral people and get people hyped up. This guy is going to do this. This guy is going to do that. I thought the list was supposed to be about what the guy did in 2021. So I'm sorry. I watched the three-minute video, and you know what I said after that? I said, this made it worse. This absolutely (laughs) made it worse because they didn't say anything. They didn't say what he did last year to deserve anything, what he's capable of as a talent right now, they just said going to be, this is what he could be. And I'm like, that's not what the list was about. Well, they, that's they kinda, my point to
1: yesterday. They, they kind of already shot themselves in the foot. Cause they don't, we talk about like what, like how, what's the criteria that goes into this. And a lot of people bring up what they did. Last, it, it, it's what they did last season. you look at Kirk cousins who was in the upper nineties uh, on this list. And, And Mac Jones, who was 85, Kirk Cousins had more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. Uh, He had, sorry, he didn't have a better completion percentage by one, really 1.3 points. Sorry. So he didn't, that's where he didn't have a a better stat than Mac Jones. But like, it's just, it doesn't make, it doesn't add up. Something, something's just off here with this, with this, with this year's list. They said he made the Pro Bowl.
2: I said, you know what's funny about that? Lamar Jackson's nowhere on this list. Lamar Jackson threw 16 touchdowns. That's all. Just 16. Mm -hmm. Nothing special. But people don't want to take into account that, you know, that 16 touchdowns got him into the Pro Bowl. He was selected in the Pro Bowl. (laughs) And you know the only reason Mac Jones and Lamar Jackson made the Pro Bowl is because the other quarterbacks in the AFC weren't playing in it. Right? Because otherwise you would have seen Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. Every yep, year, yep. it's going to be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. But no, they're not playing in it because they got championship games to go win. And instead, they and Joe Burrow wasn't even like, and instead, they bring guys like Matt Jones and Lamar Jackson last year because he really didn't deserve to be there, but they brought him. So my issue with this is the statistical numbers weren't there. You're using a Pro Bowl measurement, which, again, it's the dumbest measurement there is. And you're not treating every player the same way. This is now coming me as was most likable. Mac so, Jones is likable. They like Mac Jones. The players like, like his swag. It's the whole Joe Burrow thing. And because players like him, swag. it's it's that, let's be honest, it's the white boy swag. It's it's different <laughs> when you got a, I'm going to be honest, as a black man, when you play in a sport in, in sports and you get a white guy that's got a, uh, that relates to the black players and that's got a little swag you're like, man, that's a cool white dude you will gravitate towards that and you start to feel a, a certain way about that person. So to me, that's what this is about. It's turning into a popularity contest,
0: which... It was a perlative list.
2: That's the whole <laughs> reason we take these lists away from so fans and media and all that stuff.
1: Something that I wanted to note here, and I'm going to give credit where credit is due and made me think. Our guy Bailey sent me this note about how the, the NFL continues to push the NFL top 100 list further and further into the off season, almost into the pre like preseason, like back in 2011, it started in April last year was the end of July, the year before that end of July year before that end of April, like this list is getting done is like continues to get pushed further and further down. And it almost feels like with all this weirdness happening with the list that maybe they're just, I don't want to say throwing it together, but maybe they're not. There's not as much insight going into who is where as what it would what be.
0: Once you think if they moved it back, they'd have more time to put it together and work on it. I, and think, I think, this, think they I, moved it back I to correlate NFL, it with the hundred count, the hundred day countdown.
2: I think the NFL is strategic in all of sports, and they are not dumb. They are always going to capitalize on what is going to bring the most viewers. And I'm sorry. But sometimes in July, people don't care about football. Diehards do, but the regular people. Back in April when the draft is going on, there's the draft, and then there ain't nothing. Regular people do not care about OTAs. Vinny, AJ, and Aaron and diehard yes. football fans do, but regular, just casual football fans do not. So what this does is at the start of preseason generates buzz. And then you drop the top 100, and then you get to see players in action. Like it to me, it's all about strategy. It's about trying to get the most viewers for their content. And if you notice, they've even Change the way they've laid it out. Now they did hundred through fifty all at one time. They never used to do it that way. They used to do ten at a time. Now they did hundred through fifty. They're going to do you know forty nine through twenty one, and then they'll do the top twenty that last that last day. So I think that's more strategic than anything. But again, to your point, Vinny, as as far as I, I think it's not working. I don't think this list is working. I think the players voting was supposed to make it work, and I don't think it's working because you can't account for personal bias and that there's always going to be personal bias in lists like this whoa as the thunder rolls in my apartment that was thunder that it's thundering wow. outside Holy really shit. that so um that
1: was my stomach yeah i, I honestly <laughs> that was
2: that was the football god saying what the hell are you guys doing <laughs> putting mac jones in the eight, top 800 or whatever so yeah um it, i just it's this list I'm irritated by it, but now it's intrigued me because I'm now I'm looking at every player that's ahead of him and every player that's behind him. Maybe that's
1: hey, I told you this, I told you this last night off the air. Controversy controversy creates conversation. But this is the only the, name
2: on the list so far. So that far. I've, I've looked, looked at like, and I said, you know what, what? all they knew is wrong.
1: That's all they needed to throw in that little grenade and now it, blow, so it now blew it, it up purpose? and now everyone wants to talk about it. It's, I, I, as as much wrestling as I've watched over the years of all the Eric Bischoff controversy creates cash, that's what's happening right here. Controversy is creating cash with the NFL and Mac Jones being at 85. Even I think on the NFL list.
2: wants Mac Jones to be good. I think that's what it. Is. Of course they do. I think they He's, want Mac Jones to be, I mean, you know, they like want you to said, be pushing tough, the, the narrative. They're going to push Mac Jones. We saw it when he was drafted and went to New England. Like they were, the minute they went on a win streak, they were talking him up like he was just tearing up the world. And I'm like, how do you, like, I know they were winning games, but it's not like he was out there throwing for 50 touchdowns. He had 22 at the end of the year. That's a little over one a game. Like that's barely over one a game. It's not special, but yet we were talking about him as if he was special. And that's the narrative that the NFL is pushing and the media is pushing And I'm sorry, but I'm not for that. Push the narratives of the great players being great. Tell me Justin Herbert's great. I'm with you. Don't tell me Mac Jones is great when he's doing 22 and 13 and getting slapped out of the playoffs by a Buffalo Bills team. I I just, I don't like that. I don't like it. Don't like that. AJ. I think we were all on on the same page. None of us like Mac Jones there. And you have been more of a Mac Jones supporter than I have. And, yeah, and I'll that. Like, yeah.
0: No, not yeah. at all. I mean, now you, you'll see the little comparative Tom Brady photos. I like put him next to the board and show his flabby stomach. And hopefully cool. in you know, in 20 years, they'll be like, yeah, see? Right. the Patriots do this. They find that guy who's not athletic, but they fit the mold, and then he has one job. And yeah, he only attempted two passes, but that's the Patriot way. I mean, yeah, they 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 literally got their clone of Tom yeah. Brady and just hopes that he can. End up being statistically anywhere near that. If he can bring even two championships to him in twenty years, they may say it was a success. Mac Jones will never win a Super That
1: that may be. Uh, the next background I'm going to give you, Aaron, is a side by side photo of of, of uh, Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo Tom Brady at the scout at the combine, and then flabby Mac Jones. Uh, smoking mm-hmm. the cigar side-by-side. Side. That's your next background. Uh, but let's move on. Let's go on to our morning headlines here. Uh, we're starting things off with the Denver Broncos signing former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker Joe Showbert, uh to a deal that... Brings him in really to replace uh, some injuries and add some depth to the linebacking group of the Denver Broncos. Last year, Joe Schobert uh, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 16 games, 112 tackles. He comes in, brings some depth and some much need, some much needed depth and a lot of leadership to a linebacking group in Denver. And I, I, it's not a underrated signing, is what it is uh, to me. The other move that happened today or yesterday, I should say is really, it, it kind of doesn't matter, but it does matter. It needs to be brought up. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the former second-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, has been traded to the Seattle Seahawks uh, for defensive back, and I'm hoping I can get this pronunciation right. I did not do my research, and I should have. Ugo Amade Amadi uh, from the Seattle Seahawks, the cornerback, is heading to Philadelphia a swap for these two players who have underperformed so far with these teams, hopefully can have some new life in their new homes. Last but certainly not least, Danny Shelton is signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh the former nose tackle just recently finished up a season with the New York Giants, also played with the Detroit Lions, and as you can see here, he did most of his damage playing for the New England Patriots. He comes to a Kansas City Chiefs team who remember And I'm not going to say he's going to have the same impact as Melvin Ingram had, but remember when they brought in Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones was able to flourish because of that. Maybe Kansas City can strike gold again with Danny Shelton being added to their defensive line. Bada bing, bada boom, there's your morning headlines brought to you by Manscaped's Body Wash. Get your Manscaped Body Wash today. It is loaded with your, sorry, it is your, (laughs) Ultra-premium body wash infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling so fresh and so clean. Clean. Get your Manscaped body wash today. Use that promo code SACCITY at checkout to save 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Get your body wash today. Boom!
0: Can I pull the curtain back? Do it. You know what's so wild? And like, it, yes, it, I noticed it, but it didn't really dawn on me until you mentioned it in those morning headlines. So all that uh, Danny Shelton B-roll I got, literally there was one that was on the New York Giants YouTube page. One was on the Detroit Lions YouTube page. And the other one was like a YouTuber's page. No, Yet they were all him in Patriots uniforms. Like he did nothing for them or something. Like it's really wild. Like I'm just really thinking about that. Like New York Giants and yeah. the Detroit Lions, had all highlights of him as a Patriot on the I must
2: have missed that part because I fell asleep during the
0: J.J.R. single white side B-roll. Uh, I, I really fell asleep. I didn't. I feel like that was only because they couldn't get rid of Jalen Rager. <laughs> <laughs> they should have sent
2: him in a package deal. Let's talk <laughs> injuries, Vinny. Let's talk injuries. Injury report update. Uh, Jimmy Ward, Niners uh, defensive back who now suffered a significant, significant hamstring injury that could be a problem. We talk about a team every year. It seems like their secondary is the question mark. They go out and get a Charver- Charverius Ward. Uh, they lose a couple of other guys, but they had young guys like Amber Thomas come in last year and play well. Now Jimmy Ward has a hammy. And you're not sure how long that's going to keep him out. That's going to be a big hit if he is not available for them as we start the season. Um, a couple of guys moved off the PUP list. Denzel Ward, which is a big deal for the Cleveland Browns, is off the PUP list. He could be practicing now. Uh, should be ready to go for the start of the season. Obviously, he got paid like one of the best corners in football, There's to be one paid like one of the best corners in football because he is one of the best corners in football. Uh Marcus Peters, who tore his ACL last year, is also back off the PUP list. And he was on the practice field on Monday, which is a big, big step for him because we weren't sure if he was going to be ready to start the season. And it looks like he is going. And then, of course, there's another injury in. That's the Browns center. Uh, another time, center. Another center. Dawson <laughs> Deaton suffered a torn ACL Oof. in Oof. practice. Uh, devastating for, for the Cleveland Browns. Just continue to lose anchors on that offensive line. Uh, they're, they're just – he's a rookie, but they're just thin now. Now they're down to Ethan Pochik um, or Posick. postik <laughs> I think it's postik uh, Ethan Posick and then Brock Hoffman. So they're down to two centers, not very much experience there. That could be a big, big deal as we uh, move into the season, especially with new quarterbacks that Jacoby Brissett and then Deshaun Watson.
0: I'm going to be post-sick of watching them quarterbacks get sacked all the time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, kind
1: of, it's kind of – it's interesting. Like, it's like the, the Bucks, it's both their centers going down. And the Cleveland Browns, it's both their centers going – it's interesting. I did, I did... I
2: did forget to mention, there's a name that's not on there. Randy Gregory was removed from the PUP list as well for Denny. So uh, he's now that's back good. in the for, for, them.
1: Good for them. Good addition for the Denver Broncos. Uh, that is a good injury report. Thank you, Aaron, for updating us on that. AJ, load up those golden pipes of yours and tell the beautiful people you. at home where they can
0: follow us at. Oh, right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, AJ Johnson, and we want to appreciate you all we rocking with the Sack City Pod at Stack City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I am reacting very well to what I am seeing. And what I am seeing is that you and you and you are headed to Stack City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok to hit those likes, hit those follows, hit those shares. And of course, once you're done doing that, you're going to tell everybody in the whole wide world. That you just followed Sac City Pod on all of your favorite social media platforms and tuning in Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube to rock with the best content in the NFL on the Interwebs. Yes, sir. Yeah,
2: sounded like you were a little, little underwater swimming there, but that's okay. Because Sac City is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products, precision-engineered tools for those family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over six million worldwide who trust Manscaped with this boost offer: twenty percent right now. Go to manscaped.com. Free shipping. Type in the uh, the code SACCITY, If my math's correct, that's twelve million balls, Vinny. So many balls, man. That's so many balls. So many balls. That's right. I'm the Performance balls. Package 4.0 has arrived, and it's a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find the 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker. Here and nose hair trimmer, the ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner to shine those balls up real nice. Get a pair of boxer briefs, plus you get the, the wonderful newspaper that Vinny's wife likes to read when she's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia, shout out. Um, just make sure you go to manscaped.com. Save, 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 you get 20% off. Plus free shipping and that paper right there is beautiful. You get that in the package as well. Type in that promo code City. And again, unlock your confidence. As always, use the right tools for
1: those family. This, this right here is the, oh my God, I hit the button.
0: This right here, <laughs> this right
1: here, boys. This newspaper is the real deal, okay? Like we it's, save balls. We, it's, it, dude, there's some really good writing in here. Like, it's not just like... <laughs> Like, this is better than, like, the New York Times, okay? This oh this gosh. newspaper almost makes the entire package worth it. And then you get the nice little ball trimmer. It's all good shit, man. It's all good shit.
0: The newspaper Manscaped. got more screen time than the ball trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: honestly, man, that that's the – but that's what separates Manscaped from other products is the fact that they put that kind of effort into making their stuff so special. So get your Manscaped products today. SACCITY, use the code SACCITY at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Woo! What a good start to the show, and it's only going to get better from here. We are diving into the Packers and the Vikings and their season preview. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron, what will this offense look like this year No Devontae Adams, a whole new group of wide receivers coming in to be Aaron Rod to fight for Aaron Rodgers uh, attention. What is this offense going to look like this season?
2: Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of what it looked like a couple of years. ago. Talked about um, Aaron Rodgers in the back to back MVP years. But Aaron Rodgers is not one of those quarterbacks that comes out every year and throws over 600 times. Matter of fact, he's only thrown over 600 times once in his career. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to do exactly what they did in 2020 when they went 13-3 and under Matt LaFleur. They're going to run the football. They're going to run a lot of play action, and they're going to look for those big plays as they come. Remember, in 2020, he only threw for 4,200 yards. He had 48 touchdowns to five interceptions. The year before that, he only had 26 touchdowns to four interceptions when LaFleur first got there. They ran the ball a ton. I think that's what they go back to without Devontae Adams and a real threat on the outside that's established. I think the Green Bay Packers lean on an A.J. Dillon. Lean on an Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Create mismatches that way against linebackers and safeties. And don't feel the pressure to to have to find that deep threat into Devontae Adams or get get the ball to a guy 20 times in a game or whatever his target volume is because they don't have that guy on the roster. So I think it's smarter coaching from LaFleur, more uh, patience on the offensive side of the football. But ultimately, as weird as this sounds, I think it could lead to more efficiency. And we talked about this with Kansas City losing to Tyreek Hill. It's never good when you lose a player of Devontae Adams' caliber. But what it does do to defenses is, is now defenses don't focus on Devontae Adams. Now defense come into the game and they say, well, what do we need to do to stop this offense? They have no idea. They've never seen it. So they start to like use resources to stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And that's going to allow some of these young guys, a Romeo Dubs, uh, Dubs. Uh, and Alan Lazard, to make plays in one-on-one until the defenses start to adjust to that. So um, there could be some some early season offensive output that's uh, surprising for the Green Bay Packers because defenses aren't sure what they're going to do.
1: How long do you think it's going to – obviously, lots of new faces. How long do you think it's going to take for this offense to really be cooking on all cylinders? Like, How long do you think it's going to take for this, uh, this offense to fire? How long does it take Aaron Rodgers to walk from the locker room to the field? Ooh, I don't know. I haven't timed that. I didn't bring my stopwatch. The
2: minute Aaron Rodgers steps on that field, that offense will be fine. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is on the field that offense. We okay. can point to the, the playoff game where they struggled. Yeah, it happens. They'll have bad games. We had a bad game week one last year where they got blown out. <laughs> right? We, and we were like, uh-oh, what's going on with the Packers? Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> As long as
2: Aaron Rodgers is under center <laughs> and healthy, they will be fine. I don't care who the wide receiver
1: So let's do some predictions here. Uh, We're not going to do the, like the record predictions, but I want to do some offense predictions here. Who is the leading wide receiver at the end of the season for the green Bay Packers, AJ?
0: Are you talking yards wise, reception wise? who,
1: Who at the end of the season, who are we going to look at and say that's Aaron Rodgers' new number one target?
0: I I think it's gonna be Christian Watson. That's that's my thought process. I think he's going to come up to that to that level. Uh I believe Alan Lazardo will start that trend, but the talent will just win out. Uh obviously always barring health, of course, because you know he's already been on the PUP list and already been taking it slowly. But I think Christian Watson will be that guy by the end of the season.
2: Aaron Jones. <laughs>
1: wide a, a Aaron, Aaron Jones will
2: in. Aaron Jones probably lead that team in
1: catches and receiving. It's gonna be crazy. We talked about no. that. In the, our, we talked about that a little bit in our off season. If you missed our offseason previews for or our training camp previews and stuff with the uh, Green Bay Packers, it's available on our YouTube at Sack City Pod. Well, I mean, just thinking about that of Aaron Aaron Jones leading his team in rushing and receiving, and that being possible, and like uh, no, like oh, when you, you won't sp- lead him in rushing.
2: You won't lead him in rushing. He'll he'll have eight Aaron Jones will have between 70 and 90 catches this year. And he will have 800 and a thousand yards. And that will lead the, the Green Bay Packers in receiving
1: this. There's gonna be so many other guys. And what's the yeah. rushing total? A uh, couple hundred. He's not gonna run the ball that much. Wow. Okay. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see maybe, his maybe four hundred max on the ground. Maybe his name pop up in the prop bets, and maybe I'll you'll take Interesting. it but I thought you would have uh in that. Um I have been having a hard time with this and I I really like there's something about Romeo, our, our, our guy, Romeo dubs, I don't know the rookie out of Nevada. And AJ, you brought up Christian Watson, rookie wide receiver, North Dakota state being the number one guy at the end of the season when it's all said and done for Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know if correct me if I'm wrong, especially you Aaron with the scouting that you've done on these receivers. And I see, George Pickens and Romeo dubs as very similar wide receivers uh, that in the sense that these guys just attack the ball, they go up and they get the ball. They're very aggressive wide receivers. They get the job double job done when it comes to that. And I think that that I'm going to put my I'm going to, I'm going to say that, that Romeo dubs the leading wide receiver on this team at the end of the year. Cause I, I do think, I do think that, you may be right that Aaron Jones might be the leading pass catcher. He might lead in receptions, right. might lead in yards. But at the end of the season, when you're looking at these wide receivers and you say who's going to be the number one guy, it's going to be Romeo Dubs because I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on him early on in the season. He's going to prove that he can do it, go up and get those balls, and then he's just going to just ride him the rest of the season and build that chemistry. And I think that's the that's going to be the guy for, for Aaron Rodgers.
0: So, my – I like what you're saying there, but I think that style of play is a opportunistic type of thing for Aaron Rodgers. Like, think about, and I'm not saying like this is how he's going to be used, because I thought about Romeo Dubs too, but think about what Marquez Valdez Scantling did in that offense that deep threat, that go get it, that high point type of receiver. And then think about what Devontae Adams did. Aaron Rodgers, to have a leading receiver, has to be a guy who can run a crisp route, who can get to a spot really quickly, not just down d- deep down the field and beat the receiver up top one on one. So I think that will limit Romeo Dubs a little bit into being the number one guy. Whereas, you know, we talked about Christian Watson, where he can do those things too, but his, his route running is pretty decent as well. We talked about the drops, of course, but that's when he wasn't being given the opportunity. It was almost a surprise for him when the ball was coming his way in North Dakota State at times because they ran the ball so heavy. So while I like both their talents, and I believe that Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson can be a very great young tandem, for The Green Bay Packers, I think, I think he, he has to do a little bit more than what his skill set has offered so far, or at least from what I saw in Nevada, uh, for him to become the leading wide receiver on that team.
2: First of all, it's disrespectful to George Pickens that you call Romeo Doug
0: uh, similar.
2: Uh,
1: no, no, not like not George Pickens you're...
2: is arguably. We are there were arguments that he was the most talented wide receiver in the draft. That was not the reason he didn't get drafted early, like a couple years ago, he was a first round. People were talking about him being the number one wide receiver off the board, off the field stuff, not mental stuff, but his his up here was not all there as far as like (laughs) how he acted. Uh, Very immature as a player. There were a lot of talks about that. And if you ever listen to him interview, even the interview he just did, you can sense some of that, like his immaturity as a, as a, a man, right? So I think that was more of the issue there. Physically, I don't think there is a receiver that was physically gifted. It was about other things. Romeo Dubs is nice. But I don't want to get caught up in this early training camp connections and, and preseason, like, oh, he's looking good. Like, I There are yeah. guys that have come out and have done that, and that's great. But when we get to game one and we see what the Packers roster looks like, what those wide receivers, who's out there, it's going to be Alan Lazard, yeah. it's going to be some form of Sammy Watkins, or some, some veteran, and Randall Cobb does that have so, to be. That's the point. That's the point I'm making. Is that Romeo Dubs is not really going to get that opportunity to show not, out until one really, of those yeah. guys go down. And he'll get he'll mix in there unless he just breaks out. I have I haven't seen a Green Bay wide receiver come out their rookie year with yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Purdue. That includes Devontae.
1: It, it it really could and that's that's the thing. Like it it could go and I don't think any of us have a wrong answer here. I it could
0: be a two.
2: Remember Jake Kumaro yeah.
0: and
1: or the, uh, the other guy that they loved in training
2: camp? I forget his name.
0: The uh, um, what was his name? Wow!
2: Like there was another wide receiver that came out. And they loved him. Like oh, he's going to be Aaron Rodgers next thing. And next thing you know, he's not even on the roster. Like, but he was playing really, really well in preseason. I forget his name. Um, Aaron Rodgers loved him. He was mad
0: that he let him go. But I know what you're yeah, talking about. He Never made yeah, it. It like, was a whole big deal.
2: So I just I'd like to just caution Romeo Dubs type is starting to get to that point where I'm like. Man, I I'm, I'm almost even believing. And I do believe he has talent to play in this league. But I don't know if I see this year number one receiver potential in him. I know Christian Watson has that potential. Is he gonna get the opportunity? I don't know. I think it's Alan Lazard or it's Aaron Jones. Like those yeah. are the
1: two that I'm looking it at. It could it could and it could be just as simple as that. Is it I could see that at the end of the season where it is just as simple as Alan Lazard, he's been there. He's been yeah. that he's been that dude for Aaron Rodgers before. Like Alan Lazard and then Aaron Jones. And that and that's it. There's nothing fancy. There's nothing special. There's no flashiness out of this Packers offense. It's straightforward. Lazard and Aaron Jones. Uh AJ on the defensive side of the ball, though. Uh the, lots of talent here, uh, including a star cornerback and Jair Alexander. Lots of talent on this Green Bay Packers defense. What's your biggest concern, though, for this team uh, moving forward?
0: Yeah, uh, my biggest concern, and honestly, I'm nitpicking here. It's going to be if they have the ability to stop the run. I think that's the one thing that the Green Bay Packers are really going to need to focus on on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, they allowed 4.7 yards per carry. That was the third highest in the league. I think they were tied with another team for that. Uh, But the thing for me is, I say it's a concern because that's what the issue was last season. I think they've done a fantastic job addressing that point in this offseason. A lot of people look at the losses of Darius Smith and immediately think that this Green Bay Packers defense is going to be worse. And I don't think that's the case. Uh, I mean, you look at what happened last season and some of these guys that are coming back that just emerged and had a sort of a breakout season, like Rashawn Gary, who just went scorched earth had nine and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, a staggering 28 QB hits like he was getting after the quarterback, along with Preston Smith who was doing that. You look on the defensive line and Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry both had noticeable seasons, getting better each and each year. And then they took while we were sitting here asking the same question we've asked for 20 years, are they going to take a receiver in the first round? No, they took two first round picks and addressed their defensive line in two speedy guys and two powerful guys out of Georgia and uh Quay, uh Quay Walker and a Devontae Wyatt. Guys who can stop the run, guys who can stop the gap and also get after the quarterback. And they didn't even get to scratch the surface in Georgia because there were so many great Players on that defense that they were able to rotate and keep these guys fresh. So I think they did a fantastic job in the offseason uh addressing this run issue. And I think you're gonna see it jump up in waves. And this defense is going to figure that issue out as well as being good in most everywhere else. I don't wanna say they're gonna be the best defense in the league. I think there's some other teams that can make that argument, but I think they'll be in the conversation. This has been a defense that has been right there for the last couple years and it just seems like when they get that one thing figured out something else just kind of bites at their ankles that they have to fix and i think they're i think they're getting it put together this season
2: i think you should have did it i think you should have did it. i think this is the best defense in football i think it's better than buffaloes i think it's better than Baltimore's, new orleans team. um i think this is the best defense in football in 2022, and i'm not just trying to throw a hot take out there. Like when you look at this roster from top to bottom, there are studs everywhere. We didn't even mention the fact that they went out and got Jaron Reed, a, a run yeah. stopper from Kansas City, who's a legit defensive tackle on the inside. You have a Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Rashawn Gary, and Quay Walker, arguably the best linebacking core in all of football. If Quay Walker comes out and does what he's supposed to do, Devontae Wives, a defensive tackle out of Georgia, who's really, really good first round pick, and is a backup. So he's not even yeah. going to come in and be asked play a full complement of snaps, snaps. And then we forget about the back end. Not only are they getting a Jair Alexander back on the on the back end, but you add an Adrian Amos, right, who has a ton of experience on that back end with a Darnell Savage who played a lot better over the past couple of seasons. And they get veterans like a Rasul Douglas, who's been in the league, knows how to play the cornerback position. And then Eric Stokes, who I believe, I know when they picked him a couple of years ago, we weren't happy about it. He is going to be one of the best young corners in football. He is that good, and he played that well last year. Uh, this is the best defense in the NFL, in
1: my opinion, going into 2020. You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! <laughs> you had me. You had me looking. I was like, you said it. You said it, and you're like, oh, no, spicy. Not meant to be a hot take. And I was like, man, that's that's spicy a little bit. I don't know where I stand on that. I don't know how to feel about it. And then you brought up Eric Stokes, who Eric I loved Stokes. last season. I <laughs> loved Eric Stokes. <laughs> I can't. That, that defense, it, you can't name a defense right now in the NFL
2: that's loaded top to bottom with just names that we could just, you know, maybe it's on paper, maybe it doesn't well, plan out, whatever.
0: But, well, well, you can't I name mean, a defense was, that has the name. Without left. the injuries, without the injuries, the Buffalo Bills was the other team that I was thinking about. I mean, because, like, it, like, that's the only, like, that's why I said argument, because I, I do understand, like, if Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde are good to go, when Tredavious White gets back, what they expect Kyrie Elon to be. Don't forget, we enjoyed watching Carlos Basham and um and uh, Gregory Rousseau. They added Von Miller. they They have, on paper, studs basically everywhere but it's just, is it going to come back together? And they did a very damn good job last season, except for the one game that everyone wanted to talk about against the Patriots. And so that's why looking at this and what they did like this draft. And I don't know if we, I know we said they had a good draft, but I don't know. I think we underrated how great the Packers first couple rounds in this draft were because this, this, they is, did not, a this hell is not of a something job. that's uncommon though. They've done this year after year.
2: They've been loading up on defense for years yeah, and people years. keep, mad and crying and stuff because they don't go out and get a wide receiver but this is what green bay has done they've loaded up on a defensive talent and with when you've got a super bowl caliber quarterback in aaron Rodgers, and you have a great defense you can win in this league and you don't need the best skill position player like i've i've preached this at nauseum about why take wide receivers early when you can go get great linemen or they have a solid the great offensive line good running backs in the backfield aaron Rodgers at quarterback and a defense that is arguably right there. And I think they're the best defensive football going into the season. And when you asked AJ that question, what concerns you? The only thing that concerns me on the Green Bay defense, only one thing can derail this defense, in my opinion. They have it. That's it. I don't think anything else will derail this team. If they're healthy, they are going to be. Eating.
1: I'm glad I didn't ask that question because that's really, that is that is a very uh, generic Answer to what can hold the team. Back. Not but but you're right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not and I still would have gave you all.
0: I still would have yeah, gave I'm you all. I'm I, like I, I had to nitpick because I like I was like, it if is. I had to pick so, one but, thing. But so for
1: for what we have to watch for with the Packers, we've talked about this with other teams before. They're almost they're, they're pretty much just shoe on barring anything crazy to get into the playoffs. They have to get over that hump in the po- postseason. And we normally ask what you're watching for this season. It's not what we're watching for this season with the the Green Bay Packers. It's what we're watching for in the playoffs with the Green Bay Packers. So, Aaron, how do the Packers get over the hump in the postseason? Yeah, this might be another easy one. It's simple for me.
2: they got to get out of their own way. they got to get out of their own way. If you take, just flashback to the the games they've lost to the 49ers over the past couple of or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC championship games. It's what do I do on fourth down? It's coaching decisions. It's blocked punt here and there. It's I can't stop third and nine when the ball's handed off to Debo Samuel. Like they're like basically trying to give you the ball back and you're not making these plays. They can't get out of their own way when it mattered most. And that's been in the playoffs. It's reminiscent of when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys, not being able to get out of their own way or the the Los Los Angeles chargers, not being able to get out of their own way. It's like, Something in the playoffs happen where they get real tight and everybody on the field is real tight, except for maybe Aaron Rodgers, who we all know he's confident, but they just have to find a way to get out of their own way. Stop making the stupid penalty on third and long, stop giving up, you know, rushing up the middle to block a punt late in the game. And we saw it again with the Niners game last year, 10 points on the offensive side of the football, 10 points from an Aaron Rodgers led team and Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams had already connected for 90 yards in the first half, Devonte Adams didn't have a catch the rest of the game. Like these kind of things are Matt Lafleur comes to coaching. How are you scheming? How are you making adjustments at halftime and then being able, being able to close out games? Uh, it's it's hard to explain because I don't think it's anything from a talent perspective or anything they can't overcome. They just have to get out of their own way. Makes sense. That's it. Yeah,
1: and they're it, in the Super Bowl. It, it, it seems it, it seems like the answers for the green bay packers and everything really laid out for the season is very simple. For the packers, it's stay healthy, get out of your own way, and you have a damn good shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. That's 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 it right there. Let's take a look at the odds though. Our prop bets for the Green Bay Packers, if you're new to the show, uh we are giving you our locked and loaded bets for the Green Bay Packers over 11 and a half wins is at plus 110. Over 31 and a half Aaron Rodgers passing touchdowns is at minus 115, and over 1300 and a half total total Aaron Jones yards is also at minus 115. There's some, there's a, there's a juicy one, there's a juicy plus matchup there, plus, plus odds there for wins. Aaron, what are you locking and loading here? Uh, I
2: will take the under lock and. Lock in my. I know it's not on there, but whatever the under is to that Aaron Jones is, I'm I'm locking that in. I don't Ooh. think he gets the 1,300 yards.
1: I don't think no. he has enough.
2: I don't think he has enough rush yards.
1: Wow. I think he, so like this I goes you, back I think. to this goes back to what you said earlier. You brought up the fact that he's going to have around a thousand receiving yards. Eight? No, I don't say a thousand. Eight hundred to thousand. Okay. Some, somewhere
2: in there. I'd say he can get eight hundred receiving yards, uh, but I don't think he's going to get the ball enough on the ground. I think AJ Dillon is going to be a huge factor this year on the ground because I do think they want to deploy Aaron Jones more in the past game. I could see 10 carries, 8 to 10 carries a game for Aaron Jones. 8 to 10 carries a game is not going to get him enough yards. It's going to be, you know, 45-yard games, 40-yard games, 30-yard games. Maybe every once in a while he has a big game and goes for 80 or something, but I I don't see that a lot. Um, It would take some some, some magic to me for him to get to 1,300
1: total yards. I think between him and, and A.J. Dillon,
2: I think they just split it.
1: So I, I want to make the comparison to, to Al. So maybe like an Alvin Kamara type season where it's really mostly in the passing game and then the rushing yards are, are there, but like not because a lot. So, so really you're not, a, it's actually the flip flop. You're really thinking he's going to be killing it in the passing game and not really like yes, he's like going an to be more of a receiver
2: than he is a rusher.
0: It's gonna be a running receiver. That's yeah, fair. It's fair. I mean, let's let's, let's, at, it. let's
2: look at let's look. I mean, you could let's look at a guy like an Alvin Kamara. Say whether it's reverse or not. Alvin Kamara is always around like 1,300 1, yards, whatever combined, and he's never ran for thousand yards, right? So that's the kind of season I see from an Aaron. Jones. Could it be close to the thirteen hundred yards? Yeah, but I just don't think he gets there. I think it's eight and four, um, seven and five. You know, whatever so about it is. Around 11 to 1200 yards total, which is about where Aaron Jones probably should be at anyways, right. um, if he was just strictly a running back. So, uh, yeah, I just I just think A.J. Dillon's too much of a factor in the run game in order. They're not going to just stop. going.
1: OK. A.J., what are you locking and loading here on the prop bets, of the Green Bay Packers?
0: You know, so last year uh, I had Aaron Rodgers as my uh, MVP. Uh, so knowing this year that I can't go that way again, I don't know. He can do three in a row. I do believe he's going to throw over 31 and a half touchdowns though. Uh, that just seems like something he's going to be very good at doing is putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, and with more weapons, so to speak, I-, I think you can lock that one in. I mean, he had 48 last or 37 last season, 48, the year before that, there was a slight drop off before, but other than that, I-, I think he, you know, that, what's it called? H- Haskawa is, uh, that uh, His psychedelics um, oh. It starts with an H uh, I can't remember how they, how they pronounce it It ain't my type of shit, you know what I'm saying <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know He's going to be real zen all season He's going to be one with the game of football And the ball and the, and the passing <laughs> talent Is just going to flow out of him naturally So uh, lock in Lock in uh, over 31 and a half touchdowns uh, For Aaron Rodgers this season
1: So I'm really kind of surprised At both of you here With the uh, With the prop bets that we had listed here, one of them was over 11 and a half wins is plus money, plus 110 here. Obviously, it's not like plus like a lot. You don't win like that much money if you were to to get that right. But we'll get into our our schedule predictions here. When we covered the NFC North during the offseason, Aaron, you had 12 and 5, AJ 13 and 4, and myself 12 and 5. Neither of you wanted to go down that route of locking in 11 and a half wins. Aaron, I'll start with you for record predictions. Why did you not lock that in? What do you have them going? Got to get my handy dandy paper. Listen, well, 12 wins
2: is a lot. Uh, Regardless of what team you are, 12 wins is a lot of wins. Um, I'm not banking on 12. I just not betting on 12. 12 wins in the NFL is hard. So you're talking about one or two games here, but Green Bay's gonna win a lot of games. They're gonna win. I mean, like I said, I have them, at, I still have them at 12 and five. I have them beaten most teams, losing to Buffalo, Minnesota, Philly, the Rams, and Miami, four of those on the road. The other game is the Rams at home. Uh, but I just I think Green Bay's too good of a football team to be bad. I'm not gonna pick them to be bad. And then I think they're it's it's just not 12, I'm never going to bet for 12 wins. Like 12 wins is, it can happen, but it's too much to bet on. So I'm never going to lock that in. I think green Bay is still a good football team. I still think they're one of the best teams uh, in the NFC. And do I think they're going to get over 11 and a half? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not betting on it. That's why it's plus money. <laughs> the reason Vegas are the odds are plus money is because they know how hard it is to win 12 games in the NFL, even for a team that's done it now in back to back to back years, it's uh, yeah. hard to do. I, I just,
0: Aj, what do you have? Back to back to back to back years. I still think they're going to go thirteen and four, but uh, part of it was having a little fun. Uh, You know, there's I think there's a lot of stuff on that odds list that can go the right way. Um, Eleven and five was as simple as it is. That let's take that back. Not as simple as it is, but as confident in it as I am, I also believe in Aaron Rodgers, so uh, I, I I just enjoyed that prop bet a little bit more. Um, I do have them at 13 and 4 still I think they have a series of four game win streaks in this. Uh, I have them losing in week 3 to Tampa Bay. I have them losing in uh, week 8 to Buffalo. Uh close games and everything but you know top tier teams that they're on the road against. Um and then four game win streaks after both of those. So uh, I think they're going to have a fantastic season. It's like like you said it's only about the playoffs for these guys.
2: Their schedule's uh, easy. I mean, they yeah. don't
0: have a tough schedule.
2: Not, I mean yeah. I don't say easy, but it's not a it's not a hard schedule. Uh, right. They have a lot of games that they're going to win on. there. And it's not something, again, that I'm looking at saying they can't win games. I just think it's hard to match. But the schedule is the very, very favorable.
1: Yeah, I'll keep I'll, I'll lock mine in at 12-5 and five as well on this uh, Packers team. I think they have a very good season. Uh, and, again, it's really about the playoffs. Uh, but, Aaron, where do we have the Packers in our preseason power rankings? Our preseason power rankings, the Green Bay Packers. They're in the top five. They're in the top five. They're number
2: four. The Green Bay Packers, number four on our power rankings. The Sac City power rankings, that's a good-looking list right there. You notice a lot of those teams have been in the playoffs the past couple of years on their division. Uh, We're not wavering from that good quarterback play, stuff like that. I think the Packers fit right back in there with a shot to go back to the NFC title game um, this year. So Aaron Rodgers, maybe a third MVP in a row. Packers will be right there. Packers. Number four on the Sac City. Preseason, all right. I guess yeah. Preseason power.
1: Man, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers goes three straight years of MVP type football, that would be unbelievable. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible. Good catch,
0: good catch. <laughs> his
1: his pre, his uh preseason MVP odds is plus uh, plus a thousand to win the MVP this year. I'll say it now. I'm picking him to win it. You put money on it. I would. I just don't trust part the of boys. the reason
2: you do that. Part <laughs> of the reason it's a great bet is because he has won it back to back years and he doesn't have Devontae Adams, which means if the Packers go 13 and four, like AJ predicts, 12 and five, and Aaron Rodgers throws for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, five Where's- six picks.
1: Where's my wallet? Where is my wallet? Five, I'm yeah, gonna... five or six picks. What are they in. gonna say?
2: Are they gonna say it was a worse year than last year? They can't because they don't even have Devontae Adams. They're they they have no choice but to say it was a better year. And there were quarterbacks <sighs> that threw for more touchdowns last year, threw for more yards last year. But we're uh, not as efficient as Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers does it against this this year, just like last year, he
1: will win his third straight MVP and it'll be well deserved. I should have put that as a prop bet. Aaron oh, Rodgers plus. It's very plus it's the same people. thing though
2: with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has a chance this year, he has a good year, that his he's likely to get it over guys like Tom Brady, over guys like Justin Herbert, because they don't have the weapons, perceived weapons that those yeah. other guys have. So if they have comparable seasons, it'll go to one of those guys.
1: Oh, man, I mean, that's a good take. It's a good take. I like it.
0: Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped, the best thing for your sacks since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sacks smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant Rib for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some Performance Boxer Breeze and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over six million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACKCITY at Manscaped.com. That's promo code SACKCITY at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your Sack Saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush?
1: Uh, Good stuff on the Green Bay Packers. We're now going to move on to the Minnesota Vikings and their season preview. AJ, I'll start with you on the offensive side of the ball. New look offense, possibly. You know how we've talked about it before. Uh, O'Connell comes in, takes over um, this offense. Kirk Cousins still there. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Lots of weapons. What does this offense actually look like this season?
0: You know... When you think about it, Kirk Cousins being at 99 might give a little fire to this season because there's going to be a lot on his shoulders again. I mean, all the dude does is throw for 4,000 yards, and now you're entering into an offense that they are going to air the ball out. Uh, Justin Jefferson is excited to have a lot of fun. Adam Thielen is going to be trying to get back to his old ways. You look at what Kevin O'Connell did with the Rams last season. They were a top five passing offense. They would have been the year before, but no disrespect. No disrespect they had Jared Goff and fell out of the top 10. I think that they're going to be looking to throw this ball all over the field. You got guys like who uh, you got guys who are going to be given opportunities to make plays. Uh, KJ Osborne is going to be in the mix. You got BC Johnson in, in training camp excited because you're like, they're going to throw the ball. I might get some opportunity. Uh, I think you're going to look at Dalvin cook. Who's going to have a different type of year. I don't think he's going to have to run the ball as much. Obviously it is a factor. You have to run the ball to keep these defenses honest. Uh, but you're not going to be seeing him have 300 carries, I don't think. I think you're more likely going to see him challenge his career highs of like 53 receptions. I think you can see him hit that 60 mark a little bit higher than that. I think they use him in a little different ways to, show his, to keep showing his receiving talent uh, as a complete football player. So I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be opening up the playbook and opening up the passing offense that is this new NFL anyways. It's like the three-pointer in the NBA. Let's throw the ball all over the place and <laughs> Kevin O'Connell... Is that's what he wants to do with this offense? And I think if Kirk Cousins can show he can keep doing it, maybe next season you'll see him uh, supplant Mac Jones finally. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. What a world. <laughs> what a world. Um, you, Penny? No. I-, I love the picture.
2: Yep. You know what that is right there? You know what that is? That's Justin Jefferson at the end of 2020. You know what he's doing that for? He's looking for all the people that said they were going to throw the ball more in this offense. he be like, I thought I was going to get the ball more. What is this blasphemous talk about the Minnesota Vikings throwing the ball more than they did before? You know what? Last year, the Rams threw the ball 600 times. That's the African ball. 600 times. You know how much Kirk Cousins threw? Like 570 times. That's it. Like one or two more passes a game is what the Rams threw. We like this guy's going to come in and throw the ball 50 times a game it's not going to happen they're going to run dalvin cook they're going to run a lot of play action and they're going to look for this guy justin jefferson and they're going to find him and adam dylan there is not going to be some significant change in the way the minnesota vikings are running off it. I, I it is so funny to hear people talk in training camp about how much they're going to throw the ball what they're going to do all these different things do you guys realize this talk every nfl offseason Every time there's a coaching change, every single move that's made in the NFL is nitpicked. Players said, oh, this offense is going to be great for us. We're going to do special things. Again, I remember the Baltimore revolutionary offense that they talked about. And then all it is is the read option and throw it to the tight end. And what kind of revolution was that? I am tired of hearing how much the Vikings are going to throw the ball. You have Dalvin Cook in your backfield. They're going to hand the ball off to Dalvin. And he's going to be really, really good again. <laughs> and it, as Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball, one or two more times a game, maybe. But that's not going to change what the Minnesota Vikings offense was because they already had a great offense. Kirk Cousins has done four thousand yards, damn near seven straight years. He's not going to throw for five thousand yards this year. I don't think any of us Why? are saying that. What you Why? said? Why not?
0: Why not? Why not? Why can't he throw for five thousand yards? He has the offense talent to do it. Can you game I mean, one or two more times a game and top 30 for 40 five thousand yards? I'm sorry.
2: Name the quarterbacks in history to throw for five thousand yards, AJ. Well,
0: I mean, I guess they're they're Hall of Famers, but you're talking about a guy. There's not many doing, of
2: them, is what I'm saying. It's I mean, not you, I mean, you act Tom like Ray it just it happens. Last season. I, I don't act like it
0: just happens. But you, I, I'm I'm you're,
2: if you're saying you're talking why about not? A guy, I'm oh. telling you why not? Because why not? Says
0: history says why not. The guys don't just come yeah, in and you throw yards. I arm. swear, you got to be like 50, bro, because you only care about history. You never care about what could happen. Like, you're talking about a guy who's I done think- it at 4,000 yards every single year. You don't think he can take the next step again? Yeah, so what? He's a little older than most. Doesn't mean if you bring in a different guy who has a different look for the offense, you don't think that there's a possibility that they can put the ball in his hands a little bit more and he can play a better season than he had the year before?
2: He threw for 4,200 yards. You're asking him to throw for 800 more yards in that offense?
0: Okay. I mean, let's see. Uh, a rookie by the name of Joe Burrow had back-to-back games with over 400 yards. So, and how many yards did Joe Burrow throw in the season? I don't know. That's not the point. 800 not yards the- can happen in two weeks.
2: <laughs> 800 yards can happen in two weeks. But A.J., so the optimist view of you says it can happen. It can happen. Okay. Do you want me to bow down and say, yes, it could happen. Absolutely. Oh, if, if something special happened, it could happen. Jameis Winston did it. He threw for 5,000 yards. Wow. It could happen. But if you're going to take, it could happen over the history of the NFL happening that many times, then you're going to be on the wrong side more times than not. So I'm not going to bow down and waver to, Oh, it could happen. It could happen because I've watched the NFL for like a 50 year old for a really long time including the 17-game seasons, and it's not happening. Guys like Justin Herbert, guys like uh, Josh Allen, those dudes are barely throwing for 5,000 if they're doing it. And you're talking about the best quarterbacks in the league, and now you're talking about Kirk Cousins, player number 99, and you're just <laughs> going to come out and say he's going to have a 5,000-yard season out of nowhere? Like, that so doesn't make sense. 5, but season. when you say he could, guess what? Ezekiel LA could run for 2,000 yards this Alvin Kamara no, I could catch a thousand, run for a thousand, and catch for a thousand. Yes, like, of course, all these things I could, could be happen. The but that's not the point. It's not about whether you could get it or not. How much is Kevin O'Connell going to change this offense to make it to where we look at Kirk Cousins and says that's a dude that's probably going to throw for five thousand yards? I don't see that, and I don't know how we look at any offense that he ran in, in with the Rams and says that he, and say that he's going to do that. What did you see from Matt Stafford last year? And by the way, Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, who only threw for – he threw for 4,800 yards in 600 attempts. Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Robert Woods to start the year and Van Jefferson, he had a lot of weapons as well, and he threw for 4,800 yards, and now we're going to come out and say, all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins is going to go crazy and throw for 5,000. I, I don't get it. I just – what more can the Vikings be? Their offense is already really good. Is it going to be really good again? Yeah. But yeah. why are we talking about an offense that's
0: already really good? Who because I see, teams, I see teams growing, not staying the exact same. If they were going to stay the exact same, they wouldn't have got rid of their coach. The point was to get better. In no, all no, aspects no, 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 of the game. That's, team-wise, yes, but the team was – their offense wasn't the problem. Yeah, but you're not going to say, hey, we don't got to worry about the offense. We're just going to keep it the same. you got to come in and I do said. different things. I, you that's know, not I would, what I Just because you don't say the exact same words <laughs> doesn't mean it doesn't <laughs> ring the same way. It, it doesn't. Because
2: I didn't say that the offense could get – better or couldn't produce or what like that's not why they made a coaching change. Their coaching changes because they couldn't win. You can have a great offense and not win. Mike Zimmer was there for years. That offense has been good. They didn't win. If Kevin O'Connell comes in and that offense plays the exact same and the only difference is the defense and they win games then everybody's going to point to what, what are they going to point to? Are they going to point to that same offense or are they going to point to the defense that played a lot better? Because Minnesota has one of the top offenses every year. Every year, Kirk Cousins does this. Puts up great hollow numbers, and they don't win football games. So what is going to make Minnesota better this year? Is it going to be Kevin O'Connell changing that offense? Because I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to I don't think this mm-hmm. offense changes. All right. I mean. I, I get it. I get it. Everybody's a enamored with <laughs> the weapons. Everybody's enamored <laughs> I mean, with the weapons, yeah. but to me, they're the same weapons. Just difference, broken record. Adam Thielen, double-digit touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, running crazy every year. What is going to be better? How could they possibly, offensively, really get that much better?
0: Uh, I mean, I could say things, but you'd hate it because it'd be bringing up other guys who are also going to get opportunities. And, oh, now he's got an hour talking about Alexander. No, I, I, are you kidding? Can, you can bring up Irv Jones and K.J. Osborne and Irv those Smith. guys. Irv Smith. But every time Smith, they're yeah. not throwing,
2: every time they're throwing to those guys, you guess guess who's not getting them. Justin of course. Yeah, me. but,
0: but <laughs> that's my point. Damn it. I mean that that could be the difference for Kirk Cousins right there. The fact that other guys are also getting the opportunities. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it is not out of the realm of possibility. I'm sorry, I can't I can't I can't I, I like I like what Kevin O'Connell came from having those type of weapons at the Rams. and then a guy who I believe you and I think is better than Cooper Cup and a Justin Jefferson. and maybe no, he won't put up the numbers that Cooper Cup did last season because that was astronomical. I will give the Rams that but having this spread of weapons again and then being the, the head of this whole thing, I, I like the opportunity. I like the chance.
2: I, I, I guess, I guess all I'm saying is when we talk about like milestones and we can get close, there's guys that have been close, 48, 49, what, like he's been close Her Cousins is actually throwing 4,900 yards. In his and I'm not saying, yeah. like I said, we talk about the quarterbacks throw for 5,000. We just <laughs> let that just roll off our tongue outside of Jameis Winston's looky of a season, crazy of a season. It's guys like Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Kirk Cousins isn't that. I I mean, I don't even know how we're even having this debate. It's Kirk
1: Cousins. I'm very happy that we now have back-to-back years where the Minnesota Vikings have given us (laughs) just a golden... A golden <laughs> line, and I, I'm not saying I didn't I'm not even want to go here because I I didn't yeah. I was gonna I was gonna tell everybody I'm not laughing at the Minnesota Vikings,
2: but I actually do think they well, are no, going I, to be a better and, football team. And,
1: and, and AJ AJ didn't necessarily say Kirk Cousins is going to throw for five thousand yards. I I know, but I know, you're right. but it it is just golden that we can have back to back years <laughs> of of Sax City podcasts of. Of having Dylan last year saying that, well, he actually committed to saying the Get NFC, the, end, the yeah. NFC championship game would feature the Minnesota Vikings. At least AJ didn't fully go full frittata and say he's, gonna, <laughs> he's going to the. the, the <laughs> no, Kirk he Croson's just said, why go, not? The my, optimist my, of AJ my, gives
0: everybody the benefit my, of the doubt. Oh, my biggest fear here is now that Kirk Cousins is going to have a turd of a year, and then next oh. season I'm going to have the Carson oh. Wentz hanging over oh, me. We could have a Kirk, <laughs> oh, we could have a Kirk Cousins-Carson
1: Wentz turd graphic together. Oh, that'd be fantastic. That's what I'm hoping ends up coming out of As long as he this. doesn't
0: have a lot of but, Monday Night Football games or primetime games, he might go for 6000 no, Exactly. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Oof.
1: All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball because that is what actually really has a lot of people's attention on the Minnesota Vikings because they have been – the the Achilles heel to the to the Minnesota Vikings that has been the the problem uh, of the Vikings last season and the seasons prior. Aaron, what player or maybe even what position group has to step up the most for the Vikings defense this season?
2: Yeah, I talked about the defensive line before, but I'm going to go back. In. It's actually really have to step up, and it's sad that it has to be the case, but it's. It's two rookies. It's Lewisine and it's Andrew Booth. And the reason they have to step up is because the guys that are in front of them right now and a Cameron Bynum and a Cameron Dansler, maybe it's a Cameron thing, um, they're not very good. And then, so what happens on the back end, you have an older Patrick Peterson, an older Harrison Smith who really can't do the same things they used to do. They have great veteran leadership, but they can't bring the same kind of level of play that they were bringing in the past. So you have to have some young guys step up and be good. And unfortunately, the secondary in the Minnesota Vikings has been pretty bad. Um, so I'm looking directly to those rookies who maybe they weren't. Uh, Andrew Booth wasn't a high pick. He kind of fell a little bit. But I talked about him being perhaps the best corner in the draft at one point in time. And Lewis Seen, we all know the place he was able to make at Georgia. Game ceiling, uh, interception against Bama in the national championship. I think those two guys are probably starters by week four or week five. And they have to be the ones to, to kind of carry this defense. And they don't have to be great. This defense doesn't have to be great. They have a great offense. They just need to be good enough.
0: Who who did you say you talked about as being the best cornerback in the draft?
1: Mario Goodrich. No. that okay. was Thank that you. Was, okay. It was you no. Know, okay. Joe.
0: You. No. Because that was the thing. Because I was like, <laughs> "Hold up! I remember." I was Vinny like, "What a guy!" And you just shitting on him. And for yeah. a minute, I thought, "Yeah, it was, it was Andrew was, Booth." Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I was okay. like, "What?"
1: Mario okay. Goodrich right. isn't even in the league okay. anymore, so I can't really. On, I, I, wanna... I
0: told Vinny that he was smoking trees. Yeah. So okay. Really, that uh, yeah. good, good, good.
1: Yeah. Mario okay. Goodrich really oh. isn't even in the league anymore, so I, I've lost that one. Remember, Andrew Booth had the hip injury, which kind of.
2: Got people to kind of down sour on him. He dropped in the draft. I originally had him going like pick 11. um, And I thought Minnesota got a steal where they got him. But he has to show up. He has to play that role. He has to, him and Lewis have to do good things in that secondary, or they're going to have trouble stopping past again.
0: Yep. It's coming back to me now. I recall this <laughs> because he he didn't want to hear the Andrew Booth talk. He actually Vinnie kind of shot on Andrew Booth a little I bit. Really want, of I really want Mario Goodrich. I really wanted
1: up. Mario Goodrich to be a thing. And <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. But yeah, AJ, what are we watching for this season with the Minnesota Vikings?
0: I, I mean, it's that. <laughs> it's it's what can this defense do? We've talked a little bit. I, I don't want to go back to back on what he's saying here, but uh we talked about what this offense already is and what they're capable of, what Kevin O'Connell is possibly going to bring. The only Achilles heel is look, just using all y'all words. (laughs) The only Achilles heel is their defense. Uh, I mean, I'm looking for what uh, Zadarius Smith is going to bring to this defense uh, and how he can change the, the pass rush and how he can change that linebacking core. And then I'm watching to see if they can actually get back to their playoff winning ways. It's been a minute, uh, but they have the, it was case Keenum, of course, but I think this is the type of season that uh in the NFC in the NFC North they can be looking at a wild card playoff berth and try their best af- after that. So
1: how how many games last year like close games last year did the Minnesota Vikings lose? Does anyone remember that a lot. number? Like
2: 14. So like seven.
1: Four? No the total that was seven like 14
2: by... 14 games. I think something like that uh decided by eight points or less. Every game they lost
0: was by like was eight by points,
2: like or three points or less,
0: some, yeah. some crazy number. Had a, what was it, but, five games but by you know, a total of 15 or 18 points? You know what that reminds points. me of?
2: You know what that reminds me of? The, the Chargers had a season like that a few years ago. And With it Anthony goes to like, like bad teams find ways to lose. And I'm not saying Minnesota is like completely bad, but that's the NFL, man. A lot of these games are going to be toss-up that, games. They're well, going to be close. Got to find ways to win. And that's part of Kirk Cousins' problem. He doesn't win hmm. those games.
1: I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. Like not to, not to steal your thunder AJ or to uh, adding on to it. it, It's that it's, that's what I'm watching for with this Minnesota Vikings team is can they finish the job? You, You just, you just said it. Good teams, find ways to win. They just do good players, good quarterbacks, find ways to get their team into a position to win the game. And, and that's what I want to see from that's what you have to see from the Minnesota Vikings this season is finishing the job, those one possession games being on the right side of it. And not because I, I, I just I, it bothers me, it drives me bananas when when like Vikings fans will say we were we were three games or four games away from being 13 and and four or whatever it is. Like, but you but you did you lost those games, like that's what happened. You lost like that. Half, half the it, teams
2: it, in the NFL could do that, half yeah, the and teams like, in the NFL could say that.
1: Any anybody could say that. Any, like, a- anybody could say that. Evan Ingram could say, I would be the best tight end in the entire NFL if I just caught those balls that I dropped last season. Like, anybody can say that, where, oh, if such and such happened, then this would I would have been great. But it didn't. That's what I want to see from the Minnesota Vikings to say, okay, we're finishing the job. We are winning these games. We are finding ways to win. And maybe O'Connell could be able to bring that type of winning atmosphere to the Vikings coming from Los Angeles, who just obviously won the Super Bowl. Did you guys did you guys happen to catch the
2: Aaron Rodgers interview about um one of the toughest defenses he's ever played against? Toughest guys, defensive schemes. Uh,
0: so
2: uh Todd he talked a lot about Todd Bowles, Bucks coach, buddy. The more I listened to him, the more I felt like, you know what, Mike Zimmer was a scapegoat in Minnesota. Um, Aaron Rodgers talked about that the t- the toughest defenses he ever faced were in Minnesota when Anthony Barr, Michael Kendricks were linebacker and yeah. Harrison Smith and those guys, uh, Daniil Hunter and all those guys up front. He said Mike Zimmer's defense was unpenetrable, like the way he ran his defense. Team, it just it, it caused confusion. He said that's the only guy that's ever made me confused as quarterback. And then I looked last, last couple of years at their roster and I'm like, Vikings didn't do many players. Vikings didn't go out and get defensive talent and provide him the pieces to, and I worry, I, like I worry about the same like cycle. You go and get an offensive coach now because you felt that was the issue, even though your offense had been pretty good. And now where does that leave the defense once again? So I'm, I, I'm watching for these rookies. They drafted uh, Brian Asamoah, Caleb Evans, Louis Seen, Andrew Booth, are those guys that are now projected right now as backups. they're going to have to play starter roles by the end. Of, they're not starting by the end of the year because they're either inexperienced. Then this Minnesota Vikings team has no shot. Like they, their defense has to be the reason that they improve. If it's just, hey, we're scoring on more points at the end of the day, I, I still think they're not going, they're going to finish where they always do. nine and eight, fighting right on the cusp of the playoffs. And maybe they get it, maybe they don't, but then they'll be gone. Like to me, that's just that's just what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh let's let's do that. Let's shift gears and, and do let's let's do a record prediction because that's kind of where we're head trending towards here. Uh we'll look at their schedule. The, yeah, yeah. get, get out your hey, handy dandy notebook and everything. Yep. Uh our our <laughs> off season our off season records nine and eight, nine and eight, eight and nine for myself. Um Aaron, what what does the magical handy-dandy notepad say, and are you sticking with it? Yeah. A
2: little calculations. And I'm staying with nine and eight. I think it's going to be an up-and-down season for the most part of the beginning part of it. Tough games, Green Bay, Philly, New Orleans, Miami, at at Miami early in the season. That's probably going to be a hot one. Um, And then you go to Arizona and Washington. So they're kind of up and down. They'll win some, they'll lose some. But late in the season, I have them actually going on a run after that Dallas game. I have, after that Dallas game, I think they go on a nice run. They beat Wingland, the Jets, Detroit, the Giants, Chicago to end the year. So they finished strong, getting them to nine and eight. And uh, we'll talk about whether they get in the playoffs or not, but that'll nine and eight will get you in consideration for a playoff spot in the NFC, right? So uh, they'll be right there fighting for that. One of those wild cards. I, I thought about a lot of people are picking them to win the division. And a lot of it's because Kevin O'Connell, and what they think this offense is going to be. And a lot of people are mad or down on the Green Bay because Devontae Adams is gone. I don't know where that's coming. From. That's I, I don't. I, but I have heard a lot of people as pick Minnesota, Colin Cowherd did it. A lot of people picking Minnesota as a dark horse sleeper. I do think they are a playoff caliber team. They can get there if their defense plays a little bit better than they did last year. So that's about where I have them, but not really. going
0: hmm. I think the division is very much written. How it's gonna fall. I mean, I think you're gonna see it be the Packers, the Vikings, the Lions, the Bears, uh this year. Um, Vinny, to just go ahead and help you. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm actually gonna bump them one and give them a 10 and seven record. I do think some of those uh close games that happened last year can fall in their favor. Um, the change and you know, this comes a little bit after what we were talking about in our uh Arizona Cardinals and Kansas City Chiefs preview. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out on YouTube. Um I think they can catch Arizona in week eight. And that was a game I originally had them losing because I was thinking about the talent we have seen with Arizona in the past years. But thinking about it more, Arizona didn't really get Better. they did a couple things but they didn't get better and that's a game that you can see even with that arizona team that they could have been in contention that field goal situation near the end and if that's the case i think that's something that uh this team with that talented offense and maybe a defense that's playing uh energized and in focus that week could get the better of an arizona team that week so i'm gonna bump them one game give them 10 and 7 and still fighting for a wild card spot because green bay's gonna lock up that division yeah,
2: plus you have Kirk Cousins throw for 5,000 yards. So you got to give it
0: that helps. I, I Listen, don't just be taking all the shit I broke down and give them the surface thought. I put a lot of thought into big, the reason. Big-time Kirk, big, big Kirk Cousins that. Big, Big-time Kirk Cousins Big-time big Kirk Cousins Big-time Kirk Cousins, Cousins, Cousins Favorite, Cousins, Cousins, Cousins favorite Cousins quarterback on the of wall Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. What hell a yeah? Bunch bro. Of You Gross. know that you know that question. It's like if you can meet any famous guy, I, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, that'd that'd be the first names out of my mouth. Gross. I'm you gonna, guys, I'm, gonna piv- <laughs> I'm gonna pivot I'm gonna pivot for my
1: for my record as well on that. I had in them eight and nine. I do I do think that I like the additions, the rookie editions from Uh, Louis C Andrew Booth and uh, the the linebacker from Oklahoma, Brian Asamoah, the good play, all good players, all guys that can make an impact, maybe not change the outcome of the game, but together they're going to help this defense be a little bit better than they were last season. I'm going to go from eight and nine and give them that toss up win to nine and eight um, for the Minnesota Vikings this season. So nine and eight for me, nine and eight from Aaron, 10 and eight or 10 and seven Uh, From AJ, let's get into our Vikings prop bets here. Our locked and loaded bets you can take to the bank. I found plus odds for all three Mm. uh, Vikings uh, bets here for you gentlemen. Over nine and a half wins, which, well, we just kind of talked about that a little bit. Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in receiving yards at plus 800. And over nine and a half rushing touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. It's at plus 100. Lots plus odds here. AJ, I'll start with you. Where is your locked and loaded bet going?
0: I am going back to Dalvin Cook and over nine and a half touchdowns. Uh, He was on pace last year before those injuries and the way things went down. Uh, I think he can get back to his normal number of 11. Uh, That's about where he likes to finish it up. Um, So give me Dalvin Cook and over nine and a half touchdowns. Uh, And since it's total touchdowns, right? Did it say rushing? It's rushing touchdowns. Rushing 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 touchdowns. Still... Give it to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me over nine and a half for us in touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to have himself a good
1: season. Aaron?
2: Um, first of all, Vinny, screw you. Anyways, Justin Jefferson
1: will lead the NFL in receiving. So I'll take that. Lock it in. Okay. Wait, well, who did you say screw you to? What? What is this? Me? Why? Yeah, what we'll talk you? after. All right. Yeah, pull,
2: All right. Pull, that's the cool. pull back. That's cool. That's cool. All I'm right. Pull back. Okay, let's pull it back. Hold on. <laughs> uh, uh. Before the show, I asked Vinny where we put the odds, and then he just changed it for the Vikings in the middle of the
1: damn show. He did oh, it yeah. after the schedule. Yeah. Well, then, you know, then, it time. up your mind. Hey, as a producer, you gotta, <laughs> it's fluid, baby. It's yeah, fluid. Knows, everything, everything yeah, is knows, going with the flow. Okay. Our talk, it went, it, it went perfectly into the schedule. I'm not, I'm not shifting gears. I'm not changing up the flow. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I am going to go. Till flow. You're working, wait till you're working live TV. Yeah. And guess what? And guess have, what? I'm not working live TV because I'm not on air. I am behind the scenes. I work. Well, Before, you can't even do that. You can't even do that as a producer to your on-air talent. Well, guess what? If I'm producing your work, I'm gonna do that. F you. You'll be. I'll be in your ear saying, "Hey, switch this shit up." And I would just like this. Well, uh, you, you fired. You fired. Uh, but okay, so I was interested to see if one of you guys would have taken that pl- the plus eight hundred uh, for Justin Jefferson leading the NFL in receiving yards. I thought that was a good bet to take, but I didn't know if it was like like one like what you, your bet was earlier where how you said you were you refused to give another team like 12 or 13 wins i didn't know if that would be a same route here with justin yeah, jefferson but you're getting
2: plus getting 800 so I, I, plus 800 is great a great return for a guy that's been right at the top of the past couple of seasons and who is he going to you're looking at the landscape of the nfl who's contending our chase now ah, there's a lot of weapons there in cincinnati is he going to be able to have one of those 300 yard games like he did at the end of the season to really elevate him to where he got really the only other person we're talking about here, Cooper cup. And we all know how I feel about Cooper cup. He's great, but that regression is coming with Allen Robinson there. I don't see him doing the same output. Vontae Adams is now in Vegas. We don't even know what that offense is going to look like at this point. Uh, what other receivers really Stephon Diggs is probably the only other guy that I look at it and I'm like, yeah, he could have one of those years. Josh Allen and him are just connecting. Yeah. But Justin Jefferson, I, I don't know. I I don't. Justin Jefferson, right now, I'll be honest, to me, he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. If I started a team with a receiver going yeah. forward, I would pick Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I think, Adams, I still think is the best receiver, but Justin Jefferson is the one guy I look at. And I say, if I was starting a team today,
1: yeah, given
2: age and everything, I'm starting with Justin
1: is could i tempt you in a bet for Justin Jefferson to win offensive player uh, offensive player of the year we've seen mvp normally go to the quarterback position but then the offensive player of the year normally goes to the running back or wide receiver like that kind of stuff uh Justin Jefferson's odds to win that is plus 1200 uh for winning offensive player of the year tempt you on that no, no? that's
2: too that's too wide two, of a two. spectrum okay. not only are you
1: counting every receiver
2: but you're also counting every quarterback And And everybody
1: back, back. Travis Kelsey,
2: (laughs) and Travis (laughs) Kelsey or Mark Andrews or whatever. Yeah,
1: that's that's fair. Okay, so you're locking in the plus eight hundred for Justin Jefferson leading the NFL in receiving yards. AJ, you are locking in the plus one hundred for over nine and a half rushing touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. That is our odds, our prop bets. We have one last order of business, and that is where the Minnesota Vikings fall on our preseason power rankings, Aaron. Yeah, they're about middle of the
2: pack. And in this case, we put them a little bit worse than middle of the pack. They're
1: number 17. So
2: just past average. Um, I think this is just a matter of the defense, really. I think that offense is good enough to be a playoff team. tension in the NFC. But I think that defense falls short. And the consensus was power rankings for the preseason. So heading into 2022, Minnesota Vikings at number 17.
1: We are really, this list is really filling out here. Our top 10 is really rounding out here. We've added the Packers. It's the Bucs, Packers, Chiefs, Cowboys in the top eight. And it's just, it's filling out. Aaron, who do we have tomorrow? Or who do, what? We have fantasy football tomorrow. I was going to say, we
2: have nobody tomorrow. We got
1: tell everybody. them about it. Tell them what's tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow it's the wonderful f- return, I guess, weekly fantasy football episode here in the city. We are going to be talking. Uh, I'll tell you right now what we're we we got our rankings, right? We talk our rankings. I gotta go through my list and put all again because fluid it's fluid. Um but we're also gonna talk about preseason risers and fallers after the first week of the preseason. So whose draft stock is going up and whose <laughs> draft stock is
1: woo, I can't wait to talk about hard. Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Crashing hard to the
2: ground.
0: Lance McCutcheon, let's go. Oh,
2: let's go. Oh.
0: (laughs) Oh. Bryce Perkins, baby. Yeah, we got some
2: risers and fallers. We'll probably do a little, maybe a little bit of buy-sell type stuff. Um, But yeah, we'll talk rankings, we'll talk some risers and fallers. We'll talk more about draft strategies as you guys are getting into your drafts. Uh, Maybe some things that, I don't know if you guys have done any mocks, but some things that you're seeing that may be throwing you off, or just some trends that are going on on Twitter right now about Draft strategies or draft uh, things that are happening that maybe are are causing chaos in the fantasy football community. And then we're back on Thursday. Yep. Where we'll preview some preseason games and Giants.
1: Titan. Oof.
2: (laughs) Titan
0: fans, here I come, baby.
1: Oof, oof. Nick from Nashville is not going to like that episode. No. Uh, but either way, mm-hmm. you're not going to want to miss a single second of Sack City live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time right here on YouTube. And if you miss any of our episodes, they are nicely clipped for your viewing pleasure on our YouTube page at Sack City Pod. If you're listening to us on a podcasting platform, we do appreciate you listening and taking the time. Make sure you write us a review. Let us know what you think of the show so we can either get better. Or we can take your criticism to heart and maybe stop the show if you don't like us that much. No, no, no we're not stopping shit. We're not stopping shit. Sax City rides shit, whether forever. Whether like us or not. That's true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but until tomorrow morning, for my best friend Aaron be Mukes like and us, for though. your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you tomorrow.
0: How was that for some top tier NFL content? If you enjoyed that episode, go ahead and hit that follow button before you go. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media platform at Sac City Pod. Welcome to the city.